Welcome to a new episode of the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. The new the voice new of voice success. success. We all want to feel successful and fulfilled in our lives, but that can be a bumpy road. Through the experiences, journeys and advice of our guests here on Big Idea Big Moves, we will help you get a jump start on experiencing and cultivating whole life success. Be ready to take notes. Every episode has action items that you can apply to your own life right away. Okay, let's get this started. I will now pass you over to the host of Big Idea Big Moves, Jamie Allison. Hi again, everybody. It's Jamie Allison of Big Idea, Big Moves. This is the destination for high performers. We talk to people from different genres, different niches, just people doing really cool things in their space. So we talk to lots of athletes. We talk to CEOs, entrepreneurs, just people that are doing really cool things that we can kind of talk, uh, talk to them, find out a little bit about their journey and some of the things they're doing, and hopefully translate some of those into our own lives as well. And I know I have a really cool guest on today. Just before we jump into today's interview, wanted to mention a couple of sponsors that we have. Um, and actually, one of them's um, pretty cool because it's connected to today is that High Sports uh, Pickleball is Canada's best pickleball store. And now High Sports Pickleball uh, and they're powered by Durham Sportsplex brings you a new indoor pickleball facility that's going to be in the greater Toronto area. You can become a member, book your courts. So uh, go to highsports.ca and you can also check out uh, Pitomy Sportswear's new pickleball collection. So feel free to do that at the same time. Uh, if you go into our Instagram bio, I think you get 20% off. So feel free to check that out there or go, go direct to epitomesportswear.com. It's E-P-I-T-O-M-E sportswear.com. And so today, um, really cool to have Ben Johns with us today. He's uh, considered by many to be the, the greatest pickleball player of all time. And he is only, I think, still 23. Um, and uh, he has over 50 titles to his name. Uh, he has more triple crowns, I think, than any uh, other male in professional pickleball history. He's also an entrepreneur, which is cool for some of our audience as well. He's the co-owner of two businesses, Pickleball Getaways and also Pickleball 360. Um, and Pickleball is really a, a family affair with him. His brother, uh, Colin, is his regular doubles partner. And his sister, Hannah, uh, also works for the tour. And you'll see her as a sideline reporter as well. So, um, you know, we were talking just before we came on, Ben, that um, you probably already had a pretty full day today. So thanks very much for taking the time with us. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jamie. Well, you know, one of the things is, is you've already become such a dominant player and, and people know you as that. You started really young. Maybe you can just tell us a little bit about it, because I, I, I think that, you, know, you maybe started in ping pong and, and tennis and a couple of those things. But how did you kind of get that route into pickleball at the start? Uh, yeah, so I, I did play tennis and table tennis. Uh, I was a hitting partner for a professional tennis player for many years. So I'm not an excellent tennis player myself, <laughs> but a thorough background uh, in, in tennis. Uh, and I played competitive table tennis for a number of years as well. Um, and as people know, if you know pickleball at all, or maybe you don't, uh, pickleball is kind of in between those two sports in a lot of senses in terms of size and kind of applicable skills. Um, so yeah, it turned out that my background sports really, really helped a lot in the beginning. Uh, as far as how I found it, it was fairly random. I just kind of happened upon it. Uh, didn't even know what it was and just kind of gave it a try because it looked fun. And uh, I was kind of the right place at the right time. Met some good people, played some tournaments. Uh, kept playing and then uh, definitely, you know, got a lot better. And that just seemed to give me uh, more opportunity. And uh, it, I never really stopped 
playing and wanting to get better. And uh, that's been the, the track ever since I started and it still hasn't stopped. Yeah. Well, and, and I think you were, you were one of, or if not the first kind of major sponsored athlete in pickleball, how was that to, to, to kind of have that much light shone on you that early? Because especially, I mean, you were still pretty young when some of that was going on and, and is going on. Um, mm-hmm. You know, what's it like to, to be such a young guy and suddenly everybody's watching what you're doing and, and watching whether you're winning or not winning? Uh, yeah, you know, it was pretty cool. Um, in, uh, 2019, when I was 20 years old, I signed with, uh, Franklin sports, which was not the first major endorsement deal in pickleball, but it was maybe the first one that was with a company outside of, uh, in, like intrinsic to pickleball, yep. uh, which is cool. And I'd say that was kind of a, a moment for me where I, I finally started taking it seriously, not as just a game I enjoyed and more of a hobby, but with that kind of significant event, I, I, saw it more as a possible career um, and just kind of a, a path for me. Uh, not that I had like planned on it before, but it just kind of fell into my path that way. Uh, as far as like pressure goes or anything like that, uh, I've never really considered that too much. Um, one, just because if you're in a position where you have pressure on you, I think that's probably a pretty privileged position. Uh, so I more value it than, uh, than fear it. Um, and also I, I think I, I've never been under any delusion of, where pickleball is at in its trajectory you know it's extremely early it's a it's a very young sport and people say it's been around a while it's 1965 but I'd, I'd argue that is still infancy for a sport uh very few sports come to true fruition within 50 60 years like if you look at all the other major sports they've been around for hundreds um and some of them like tennis really only started experiencing like their heyday so to speak like 80s and, and onwards or so um so i feel like pickleball is, is super early it doesn't have a, a ton of players yet. Um, and there's a lot of good players, but, you know, it's, it's just getting bigger and, and better. And when a sport is in its infancy, I, I find it difficult to, you know, really think you're, you're something right. When you're kind of <laughs> all a small pool, essentially. So yeah. I think that pressure as well. But, but you hit on something there that it's, it's, um, it's growing so fast, I think right now. And like, have you, have you even, I mean, you know, you, you don't, you're young still, so you haven't, you know, you aren't an old grizzled veteran or anything, but you've been around long enough that you've probably seen, um, like, has, has it, has it felt like it's grown a lot to you in that amount of time? And the other side would be, have, oh, do you see the demographics great. changing? Like, because yeah. uh, most people, old. when they hear that think, oh, it's older people and it's, it's becoming less and less like that. Is it not? No, for sure. I think it's changed in just about every meaningful way. Yeah. Um, at first it was a sport for old people and it's not that it's for old people. It's just, they were kind of the first ones to pick it up because what I call it is more of a sport for anyone. It's yeah. just a fact that it's one of the few sports that old people can enjoy. So it's one that they picked up on. Uh, that doesn't mean it's not for everybody because I, I don't really consider it for old. I, I do definitely consider it for everybody, children, um, athletic backgrounds, different or no athletic background at all. Uh, socioeconomic it doesn't really matter it, it's fairly even across the board and type and the types of people that enjoy it there's really nobody that doesn't seem to enjoy it so that's kind of the, the unifying thing about the ball uh and it's changed in a, in a ton of ways um since i got in we went from a few professional tournaments a year with minimal prize money minimal fans minimal players minimal sponsors almost no tv um to pretty major tv deals uh, an enormous amount of fans um, a lot of good players now compared to, to back then, mm-hmm. some pretty cool sponsors outside of just the sport of pickleball, some, some non-intrinsic sponsors, um, prize money's so much higher sponsorships are a, a very big thing. So yeah, it's changed. And like I said, I think every meaningful way in a sport. 
Yeah. Well, and you yourself, I mean, you've done some entrepreneurial stuff that, uh, I, and I don't know how involved you are in day to day with some of those things, but you've got a couple of businesses that you're aligned with. Where, where did they, like, did they come from, um, you know, the fact that you've got pretty good profile and been able to do that now, or is it something that, you know, you've been kind of pretty actively involved? How's that work for you? I think it was a combination of a number of things. The first one, uh, Pickleball Getaways, I believe we started in, um, I want to say late 2018. Yeah. Uh, that is one, just an interest in business and entrepreneurial stuff in general. I kind of always knew that I wanted to do stuff for myself. Not that I considered that business to be, you know, the be all end all or anything, but it was kind of the first one I started yeah. and uh, a good experience and cool, like kind of a why not thing. And it just so happened that kind of my um, status within pickleball helped that along. Sure. Uh, and I think it was kind of a, a hole in a, in a market that was completely unsaturated. Uh, so it just seemed like a, a really cool opportunity since I kind of, had the ability to do it. Um, Pickleball 360 was more of a COVID baby, uh, like a lot of things. Uh, yeah. Didn't have a ton of tournaments going on, didn't have a lot of stuff going on in general, but uh, could fairly easily shoot a ton of video and structural content with just a couple people, uh, which is what we did, and uh, provide that online for people just because, once again, kind of an unsaturated market in Pickleball is the amount of instructional content, high-quality instructional content is, is low. And, uh, you know, you, um, we mentioned earlier that your family is pretty connected with it. Did that happen again, just kind of, uh, because I know you and your brother play together fairly often and, uh, you know, it has that, um, and that's obviously continued over your, over your last little while as well. Um, is it, is your whole family involved in it or is it just, uh, kind of been, you know, because you're, you're kind of going to tournaments and, and that's just how it worked out. Uh, a little bit of that's how it worked out. But once again, it's, you know, opportunity just uh, seems to happen a lot in pickleball to a lot of people and they're, they're yeah. different with my family. So um, after my brother was in a professional tennis, he was the professional tennis player yeah. I was part of um, He was initially kind of working like uh, tennis pro country club jobs and uh, yeah. he, he liked pickleball. He'd play it. But uh, we kind of from the start wanted him to be built to be my doubles partner just because we never got to play doubles uh, together in tennis growing up because he was a lot older yeah uh, but able to and he had the, the best coach so to speak so we could make him very good very fast and it just seemed to make sense with his background of tennis and table tennis as well uh so everything just kind of fell into place for him to be my partner and, and you know we both wanted that um so that just happened naturally and then um my older sister doing the interviews she uh, she came back to the U.S. from uh, doing some, some a job abroad and uh, didn't really know what she wanted to do. So uh, it just so happy that she had the opportunity to do interviews. And she's like, well, I haven't done that before. I'll experience something new. So uh, why not? Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. about works. It, uh, it gives a lot of people a lot of interesting opportunities, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's what's what's going on right now, which is pretty cool that there is lots of opportunity. Um, you know, I guess that's when you were when you were learning the game and kind of going to the level that you are, um, you know, it is different because it's a newer sport. Did you happen to have like, did you have any mentors or people that kind of helped you along or did you have to just kind of go in and, and uh, you, did you fairly quickly surpass a lot of those people, I guess, would be one thing because you you went pretty fast into being a pretty darn good player. So. Yeah, uh, it's it's definitely both. Uh, I think I was very fortunate to meet the right people and um, get some kind of uh, mentor-like role from a couple very important people early along. Uh, yeah. But also, pickleball is a very experimental game. Like nobody truly knows the right way to play, so to speak, yeah. um, because it hasn't been around long enough for, for people to figure that out. So the game is still changing, uh, even as of now, and it still will for a long time yet. I think. 
uh, so to, to continue to be good, you need to continue to adapt and experiment and all that stuff. Um, as for the people that kind of helped initially, uh, I was lucky enough to live near the the best women's player and the best men's player when I yeah. was one year in, uh, which was Simone Jardim and um, Kyle Yates. Yep. So I got both of them, and they were both instrumental, and both became my doubles partners at one point. Um, so I was just pretty fortunate to so. to be around them at that time. So you know, one of the, one of the things I've noticed, and and you mentioned it there, because it's because it's new. There's also lots of um, it's like any sport, but probably more so. Um, as there's better players and doing trying different things and doing things different ways, there's even rule changes that are happening fairly quickly. Has that been hard to to keep up with that, or do you find that to be a good evolution of the sport? When um, you know, even just how you serve, there there's debates around you know what you can do with a drop serve and all of those things, and the level of grit on on the paddles and all that kind of stuff is is, is that um, easy to adapt to because it's just all so new, or or is that a challenge for you? Um, I wouldn't say it's, it's easy to adapt to or really a challenge. It just kind of is what it is. I, I think yeah. every sport goes through growing pains. They're basically trying to get to a version of the sport that is, uh, best essentially. So no sport is going to be perfect. You need to be making alterations to it. Like we've seen alterations in even basketball as recently sure. as, you know, yeah. years ago. So it, it's a constant process and you just kind of got to expect that. So I feel like I've, I've just gotten used to it. And I think uh, for the most part, we're headed in a good direction with the game that's already very good. Now, do you find, um, you know, is is it becoming a lot more international for you um, in the last little while? Like, is I mean, most of, of your playing is probably in the U.S., but have you seen a lot more um, international opportunities through it? I'd say unquestionably it's growing internationally. Um, right now it hasn't really reached that inflection point, similar yeah. to the U.S., extreme rapid growth, but yeah. it's definitely growing. Um, and, and I'd say that professional tournaments and the stuff that I do is going to lag behind a little bit more than that because it, it just naturally happens that way. You need yeah, players, infrastructure, and everything behind it. Needed infrastructure before you have professional tournaments, and that's kind of where I come in. Yeah. Um, so I haven't personally experienced that much, but I do know it's growing uh, abroad, and I expect that it should reach uh, a more rapid growth point in some countries relatively soon. Yeah. Now, people who've um, so let's say there's people who've played lots of tennis and things like that that are are thinking that they would kind of move over to something like this. It, what do you? What are some of the main difference? I mean, not rules wise and things like that, but I, I know like there's a you know spin is probably quite different in in when you're when you're using that ball and when you're using the type of paddle and all of those things. Are there a couple of main things that you just see in the techniques of of the two sports that are different uh, between pickleball and tennis? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd say that the primary uh, background sport right now has been tennis because there's a large quantity of tennis players in the U.S. Yeah. and pick it up. Um, and it definitely just eye-hand coordination, all that basic ground strokes and coordination and court sense all helps a ton. Um, so the most natural background sport is, yes, tennis. Uh, the primary differences are basically shot selection. It really comes down to that. So the strategy yeah. of what to do at what time um, is the basic idea. And, and you're going to find that what your instincts tell you to do as a tennis player are often not correct. Yeah. Where you should court is often correct, um, but you don't really know what to do with it. And mechanically, of course, it's going to change a lot just because the, the paddle does not grip the ball nearly as much as a tennis racket because a tennis racket has strings and these are solid paddles. Yeah. Um, they're not even long paddles, which have rubbers. They grip a lot. Um, so you're playing with less spin and you, you're playing a very different game in terms of uh, shot selection and, and all that. Um, 
beyond that, there's a lot of nuances to it that you, you kind of slowly figure out. But the first thing that tennis players generally have trouble with is what do I do in so-and-so situation? Yeah. Well, and, and that's, I, I mean, I've heard, um, you know, I, I think a lot of time as early on tennis players can kind of quickly pick up the game, you know, and I mean, everyone can pick up the game pretty quickly, but they seem to be able to do, but it's, it's, yeah, where you are on the court, do, when you start playing somebody who plays pretty well can, uh, can really throw you off, I would assume. So. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Cause basically, like you said, it's, it's very easy to, for anybody to pick up and do decently at very quickly. And that is the most true for tennis players. There's going to be no better player at being very decent, very yeah. quickly. Than player. <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't mean that they necessarily improve fast. Right. Uh, they haven't really figured out why it clicks for some people and why it doesn't. I think it's just it comes down to maybe adaptability. Uh, but sometimes players, they are good immediately and they keep improving and they keep figuring stuff out. And other ones just get stymied and they just they plateau very quickly yeah. and kind of an odd phenomenon. Um, but yeah, it's pretty funny to see some tennis players where they think they're very good very yeah. quickly. <laughs> like, it's easy. And then they play somebody that can kind of exploit what they're doing wrong that might not even play tennis and looks really awkward, but does the right stuff. And they right. just get crushed. Yeah. Right? And that's the funny thing because when that happens, they usually are like, I need to figure this game out. This yeah. Knocks, this, knocks their ego down a little bit. More suddenly. I shouldn't be losing, but I am. Uh, <laughs> some of the funniest things I've seen in pickleball and some of the funniest stories are situations like that. Uh, but no question, they have a, a distinct advantage in terms of uh, a lot of the background. Yeah. Yeah. Now, um, you yourself, I mean, obviously you've got lots going on. Do you, um, like, are you a goal setting kind of person? Like, do you, I mean, you've had so many things that you've already won and all those things. Like when you go into a year now, um, do you have really set goals as to, to what you want to accomplish this year or, and, and do you write them out? Like, are you the kind of person that writes stuff out saying, Hey, here's what I plan on doing, or is it kind of how it comes? You know, I, I think I'm less of a write down my goals kind of person simply because I feel like if I have to write down my goals to get motivated, I'm probably not doing the right thing. I, yeah. I feel pretty motivated, uh, except if I'm very like tired and travel worn, maybe <laughs> a little bit, but in general, um, it's not so much specific goals, uh, achievement wise, what you guys would consider achievements, yeah. uh, and more, uh, personal achievements to me. So my, my goal might just be like, you know, get, X level of, of fitness in this amount of time. Uh, so it's not really an achievement. It's more of a, a personal thing to me. Like, I feel like I have a lot more to improve in the sport and, and get better at. Um, so I really focus on that. It's not like you're, you're at the top of the game, so you must be really good. And you're just looking at achievements as like trophies. It's more like, I know I can get a lot better at this sport and that's what I'm focused on. Yeah. Now what, so what does training look like for you? Like, what, are you, uh, like, do you have to go back out and, and are you doing multiples in a day? Like how, how, how does it look for you? What do regular days look like for you? Uh, so a normal training day while I'm in, uh, in my home city and, uh, normal training routine is typically three hours in the morning, uh, at least an hour in the gym and then, um, some, some recovery stuff plus, you know, the whole normal eating, right. Sleeping, right. All that stuff. Um, sometimes it's a two a day. So it'll usually range from, three to four hours on court, one hour in the gym, a little bit of recovery time, and then the normal stuff outside of that. Now, in, um, for a pickleball player in the gym, do you do, um, like, is it is it cardio-based? Is it, um, you know, primarily cardio-based? How does that work? It's a lot agility and explosiveness-based uh, mm -hmm. because pickleball, when you're first starting, it may not seem like an explosive sport, <laughs> uh, but when you get to a, a very high level, especially in singles, it's really the key thing because yeah. you might look like tennis and it is a lot of movement and it's a lot of heart rate cardio all that 
Um, and sometimes you're moving quickly, but in pickleball, you're frequently moving. Like it, it's not so much about, I guess your speed is your quickness, your quickness and your agility is, is very important. How fast you change direction is really important. Um, so it's more focused around that kind of stuff. Uh, and there's also a decent amount of situations where you need to be jumping a lot. Um, so that in that way is very important. Um, so I primarily focus on that, some normal weight strength training, uh, kind of all around the body. Uh, but, but primarily you're going to see leg day. Yeah. 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 I guess that's right. Um, so the, the other thing is that if, um, uh, you know, when you're going into, um, you know, a, a season at the start, like how, how does that, um, how does that set up? Do you have, um, yeah, I just, I, I don't know kind of if you, if it's a buildup throughout the year, I know you've got multiple kind of open style things as you go through it. Um, but is there a real buildup in the season or is it just kind of quartered out? How does that work for, for pickleball for the tour? It, it looks a little sporadic and a little random at the moment, just because people yeah. are, or is still trying to figure out exactly how they want to schedule stuff. And it's a lot based around what venues are available when, when are the right. TV networks available? And they kind of want to defer to that, which makes yeah. the schedule look a little wonky. They're sure. trying to solve right now. It looks like a first half, a summer break, and then a second half. Oh, okay. um, and uh, next season, they're looking to try to make it look more like tennis, where it's a build up to the majors. So yeah. we'll have like in a year, and it'll be a beta, uh, build up based on uh, quarterly. Yeah. Well, and and it is important for people to know too that yeah, you are starting to get a lot more um, high profile TV stuff as well. I mean, just recently there was a big one, um, you know, on TV as well, and uh, uh, that's got to be exciting when the sport starts to to kind of get that type of exposure. And and you're one of those ones that they really promote. Does it feel like uh, um, you're starting to see a lot more kind of publicity coming your way because of that? Uh, yeah, I'd say it's it's kind of a slow build. Um, going from the TV to the direct publicity is not instantaneous. It needs yeah. to get its feet wet, so to speak. Um, that, that still needs to happen more. Uh, mainstream kind of TV networks uh, need need more time with it, uh, but yeah. it, but it's def- definitely noticeable. It has an effect for sure. Yeah, very cool. Um, okay, and and so you know when let, uh, what we ask every guest. Ben, is that um, is to try to um, see if there's a couple of things people could take away and and today especially um, um, you know there are lots of people that are listening and thinking wow this is this is great because this is Ben Johnson everybody's like completely uh, uh, all in on that I know there's lots of people who are excited to know that I was going to be talking to you today um, but the other side is there might be a lot of people that are have maybe just maybe just recently saw something on TV have really started to see kind of how big this sport is getting so quickly. Um, what are some of the best ways that if someone wants to kind of, um, you know, get exposed to pickleball, kind of understand the rules, things like that. Do you have a couple of um, tips on, on how best to kind of, you know, connect into the sport? Yeah. I mean, I, I first say that it's an incredibly welcoming community. Like everybody just seems to want to kind of spread their love of pickleball to other people. Yeah. Um, so as long as you find courts and people that play, you'll almost always be able to find somebody that's like, yeah, I want to teach you how to play. I want you to love this game. Like I do. <laughs> Um, so your first step would probably just be looking up courts, uh, a local ambassador. Uh, those, those are pretty easy to find. I, I'd start there and really you're going to have enough fun to where it, it'll naturally lead into other things. And it's also a tight community in that everybody kind of knows what's going on. They're like, oh, you should go to this tournament or you should, you should play this or 
you know, come to this social, it, it, it's very easy to get involved in the pickleball world. It kind of just sucks you in. And, you know, I, I, I think the other thing would be uh, pickleball 360 is probably a great thing to connect in with and, and uh, maybe get some instruction from that as well. Is that right? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, it, we have uh, pretty much every level of instruction. So if you're new and you just want the basics, it's got that. And if you're all the way up to almost a professional player, there's even videos on that. So you can really find anything. Uh, you want that's that's good for getting better at the sport essentially awesome okay um, so if people are wanting to follow you um, and some of the things that you're doing what are the best ways of doing that ben uh instagram is the primary uh one ben johns underscore pb for yeah. pickleball uh and also i'm on tiktok these days that's what i'll do oh, nice. so uh yeah, same name uh putting out content on there so those are the primary two all right. Uh, what we'll do as well is we'll put in the show notes. We'll put the links through to those too. So make sure that you check those out. Um, make sure that you watch. Um, there's videos all over the place right now. I mean, the other thing is places like the kitchen and all those great things. There are some awesome videos just to see how great Ben really is as well, um, because uh, it, there's some uh, some really cool stuff to see there. So definitely uh, take a look at it. Um, and uh, if you haven't hit subscribe on the podcast, do that right now. Um, we have great people every week, just like Ben. And uh, you know, again, I, I know you've you've had some busy days lately, but um, thanks very much for taking the time with us, Ben. Really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. And everybody else, uh, we will talk again on Big Idea, Big Moves. Thanks for listening to the Big Idea Big Moves podcast. Be sure to drop us a comment on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Instagram at bigidea underscore big moves. We love to hear your feedback. Till next time, remember, big change comes from small, consistent actions.